the pavement stuff's been killer. I've really been enjoying it. But as we uh, kind of have a little bit of an announcement, and I, I'd like to use your guys' uh, I'd like to use your guys' show to get it out. Ooh, man, Dude. that'd be so cool, man. <laughs> Episode 35, Tanks Latin Podcast. Another short week, but yet again, another show we're bringing to you guys. Co-hosting, as always, Sneaky Sneaky Sammy. What's up, man? How are you? Good, man. Just grinding out these short weeks. They're flying by. It's like, for us, as as you uh, could tell anybody, Corey, uh, these weeks are super short right now. Between racing, couple days, traveling home, doing what you got to do. And then turning around and having to do it all over again. These weeks are just, it's insane. Dude, it's hell. <laughs> I mean, we're we're living the dream, but it's it's not easy right now. It's just back to back to back to back, different state, double headers. So yeah, it was uh it was crazy. Actually, Charlotte, I was I was feeling it, man. I was a little tired after um the first night. I not tired, but I was like my body was sore. It was like a real aggressive racetrack and all the traveling and all that stuff. You know, I, my body, I've, I've been trying to relax a bit as much as I can this week, regroup for two short tracks in Daytona, final season finale weekend, this this upcoming weekend. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, before we get any farther along, I want to make sure we shout out our sponsors and make this show happen week in and week out, Bell Power Sports. Check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. The quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Also, a big thank you and a shout-out to Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, Commercial and Industrial Roofing Company, with nearly 40 years of experience, commercialroofsystems.net. Dunlop Tire is the official American Flat Track Series motorcycle tire. They have their new and improved DT4 Flat Track Tire. Check out DunlopMotorcycleTires.com to find your nearest dealer. Hit them up on social media. Tell them we sent you. And also, want to give a shout-out to the Moto America Series. They are the official AMA road racing series in the USA led by 190-mile-an-hour superbikes. Did you know that Moto America viewership has exceeded 10 million already this year? American road racing is on the prowl. The next event is Laguna Seca, historic Laguna Seca, October 23rd to 25th. Um, To watch that action, check out MotoAmerica.com, buy the Live Plus package, all-day live streaming, and then catch the action live superbike on Fox Sports Saturday and Sunday. Live Supersport on MAV TV Saturday and Sunday, and then Eurosport live racing streaming to 54 countries around the world. So, yeah, definitely want to thank those guys, uh, the companies that support our show and, and keep it rolling. But, Sammy, tonight on the show, we got the son of an almond farmer, James <laughs> Monaco. Front row, front row, Monaco, man, Modesto Mafia. Uh, James is. Uh... Man, I, I love James. Who doesn't love James? I'm excited to talk to him. Um, I don't know if we're ready to give him a call yet, Corey, or, or if there's anything else you wanted to talk about. Because, uh, I mean, I want to congratulate you on your win down in Charlotte, man. And, and uh, tell us about those sweet willies you were doing. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to finish off the season strong. It's, um, you know, it's been a little bit of a tough year, just James has kind of kicked our asses all year long, man. Him and his team, they have a really good package. And just trying to get wins, I'm just doing all I can to grind out a couple, couple, a few good finishes before the year is over. But no, the wheelies, man, I, uh, like I said before we got on uh, live here, 
I've always grown up a big Ricky Graham fan, and you know Ricky would always do really, really awesome wheelies with a checkered flag. And um, typically after a race win, you know we usually give um, somebody a like a victory lap. But this year, I'm sure everybody has seen AFT's making everybody wear stupid half helmets. Um, just crushes the vibe of giving so people vic- <laughs> victory laps. So. Um, so for this for this win, I figured nobody wanted to wear a half helmet that you know what I mean that was down at the podium that hasn't already gotten a victory lap. So I took a solo victory lap and I made sure to pop as many wheelies as I could because I wanted that photo. And uh, <laughs> Scott Hunter actually got a, a couple really good ones of uh, of it. So no, I was just man, I'm just enjoying the moment. I don't know, I don't know how long I'll um, I'll get to race motorcycles for. I'm 33 years old, so anytime a win or a loss or anything, man. I'm just trying to really like soak it in and enjoy it. And, uh, these wins don't come easy, man. It's sometimes you take them for granted and I'm just trying to enjoy the moment. And, uh, yeah, I like riding motorcycles and I like riding wheelies. So it was, it was an emotional thing for me, for sure. I just started raising them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely cool to see, man, and for sure. Uh, you know, another thing I wanted to kind of bring up is, uh, you know, and it's always been around in our in our sport, is sportsmanship. And it's something that, you know, because of my role, you know, spinning wrenches for Ryan Varnes, it's always hard for me to see that amongst the other classes throughout the year because I'm so busy and focused on uh, helping Ryan out. But I've seen it quite a bit in uh, the production twins class this year. Uh, I think it was at Atlanta, you know, when Eslick went down, uh, you know, Kevin Barnes came over and and, uh, Joe Cop came over to help, uh, you know, Tom McGrain's team out and help get that motorcycle straightened out. And I thought that was really cool. And it was the same when Raspoli went down, you know, few people coming over to help him out. And then uh, I got to give a big uh, shout out to you, Corey, because as you know, Ryan has had a uh, Ryan Barnes. I'm talking about, of course, has had a pretty uh, uh, man, just a bad luck year when it comes to mechanicals. We, we broke more motorcycles in than I can count or care to count. But uh, on Saturday night, the second night of Charlotte, uh, we didn't have a spare motorcycle and who was nice enough to, uh, wheel his motorcycle over and say, Hey, here, use this one. The guy with the number one plate, none other than you, Corey. And that was, uh, that was above and beyond really cool of you to do. And, uh, as much as I like seeing it with the number one plates, I think it looked better with those 68s on it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I was, I was, uh, gonna tell Ryan, make sure he stayed away from all the walls, but, uh, no, nah, yeah, man, anything I can do to help. I, uh, Ryan, you know, we're definitely competitors, but uh, a kid's like my little brother. And, and to be honest, I, I would do it for pretty much anybody that asked. You know, I just, whatever. I wasn't riding it. It's sitting there. I don't want to beat guys because they're not in the race or they don't have a bike. You know, I want to I wanna race the best guys on the best equipment, and I want as many guys out there as uh, as we can. Just, just uh, yeah, I don't know. But I appreciate that, man. It's no problem at all. And happy to do it but yeah charlotte was interesting dude it was a really aggressive racetrack it, it wasn't riding charlotte this year it felt like i was on a brand new racetrack like i've ridden charlotte a handful of times in the past and it just didn't feel like charlotte it was really fast aggressive like a wet tacky dirt and to be honest i didn't like it i didn't love it at all it was um <laughs> you know it was kind of like inconsistent grab you turn you you know you could easily bite in the ass if you did something wrong and it was one of those tracks that I wasn't stoked on, but 
it seemed like it that my bike was working really well at charlotte i was able to get traction come off the corner strong and um on a track like that it's harder to I think it's harder to lead than it is to follow because you don't want to make too many mistakes. You don't want to do anything stupid when you're leading. So for me, leading was actually tough because like, how hard can I push? Am I pushing too hard? Cause I had a few moments in the main event where I almost stepped off the bike, but then I watched the footage and a lot, a lot of guys had the same moments, but yeah, our race was, you know, we talked about our race a little bit, but you know, Dallas Daniels got another win and then the um, super twins main with uh, Jeffrey Carver finally, Finally getting a win this year, Sammy. That was a pretty exciting race. Their their line that they developed in that main event was quite a bit different than what we were doing in the production main. Yeah, you know, well, I think, uh, you know, you talked about the track being quite a bit different. They put a new surface down on that new clay, I guess, a few weeks ago. And so you're right. It was a different racetrack. It was a new racetrack. And uh, I think it provided some uh, phenomenal racing, you know, multi-line and um that's what fans like to see. They like to see, you know, uh, somebody have an option on the racetrack, a different place to go. And if you can make something else work for you, uh, you, you had the, the chance to do it. And I, and that makes for good racing, you know? So, uh, and the super twins, you know, have been the last few weeks, they've been bringing it, man. It's been quite a show. Um, yeah, the beginning of the year, not going to lie. It was kind of like getting a little drawn out with the long main events and the long laps and, you know, the fall of the leader and not too exciting. And it's supposed to be the premier show of the night. And, um, finally, man, it's been some really good racing. Uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a great main event to watch. I, I sat on the outside of turn four and what a view it was, you know, um, man, you just, you know, between me's and, you know, Briar, and then next thing you know, man, here comes Carver. Um, great race and really good. And, and uh, I hope it continues to stay that way for the super twins. Like we talked about four fifties, always great racing. It's like, you know, Moto GP, the Moto three class, man, it's always super exciting. You never know who's going to win it. And there's, you know, just a ton of guys going for it. So, and congratulations to Dallas Daniels on, on locking up that championship. Yeah. Yeah. Man, what a phenomenal, yeah. What a phenomenal job that, that, you know, I'll say young man is done. He's, he's a young kid, man. He really is. And, and, uh, you know, he's, um, you know, wise beyond his, uh, what's that saying? He's wise beyond his years or wise beyond his years. No. Yeah. 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 No, I was just going to, compliment dallas you know it doesn't get talked about enough because he's just been winning every weekend but um winning every weekend is, is not like it's not easy to do and he's been winning like consistently i think he's at like six in a row right now and to do it in that class is is remarkable and you know they've really have they his racing career started when he the, the day he got on his first bike i mean they've been fully dedicated his father nick is a former national number you know, they've traveled the countries, they've raced supermoto, they've done road racing, everything they do revolves around racing. And I think I mentioned this before, but all these young kids, they want to turn pro, they want to, they want the glory of having your hard card and, you know, being a pro rider, but very few actually put in the work needed to be successful. You know, um, you know, you don't see Dallas playing video games all week long or, getting you know hanging out all the time with his buddies doing dumb shit you know he's fully dedicated to the game and and that's why he's he was successful this year so um so definitely want to give a congrats and shout out to uh, dallas daniels for for a really good championship and uh well deserved and he's going to be tough for years to come you know it's 
it, it definitely gets harder as you come up through the ranks because you have that you know it's uh it just gets harder and i think he's ready for the challenge so shout out to uh, dallas essence and yamaha um tim essence they they put a lot of uh work into their team and their bikes i have a lot of respect for for what tim brings to the sport and um yeah no shout out to dallas but uh um, I don't have much else for the intro, Sammy. Uh, you have anything else you want to touch upon before we give uh, James Monaco a call? Man, uh, you know what? That's that's pretty much everything I, I had to talk about in a nutshell. So I guess uh, let's call James up. Carter, call Mr. Monaco. Looking forward to talking to this dude. Jimmy Monaco, Corey Texter here, man. Sammy Sabedra, Tank Slapping Podcast. What's good, dude? Well, to be honest with you, man, I, I wish I was hopping out the shower headed to Razzles right now. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sadly sitting in California watching a nice sunset, though, so I can't complain. That's awesome, man. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I might have to – we'll be down in uh, Daytona. Shoot, I'll, I'm leaving tomorrow, so – might have to do a little cruise by Razzles for you. Do a little live video. If someone please could, that that would put me in the best damn mood. I I, I think that's half the <laughs> over half the fun about going to Daytona. I think is I just can't keep me out of that place. <laughs> Dude, it's it's like yeah, it, it's you walk in, you're it's nasty. The floor is disgusting, and and but it's just the vibes, dude. They're flowing when you're in Razzles. The vibe is spring break. Typically, it's spring break. You're hanging out with some Midwest kids. They're all partying. It's it's a good vibe. <laughs> yeah, and for those of you that uh, may might be new to the uh, the Tank Slapping podcast or have never been uh, or had the opportunity to have gone to Daytona, Razzles is uh, a legendary spot. It's a nightclub, by the way. I've had people I have I've had people reach out to me asking, "Hey, what's that strip club everyone goes to? You guys talk about? It's not a strip club. It's a nightclub. <laughs> We're classy on this show, you know." <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, it's a good time, man. Uh, Noah Chambers, he's gonna get a Razzles tattoo on his uh, on his back at some point. So um, I forgot about that. Daytona Razzles, man. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I'll have to look that up when we go down there, Sammy. Maybe uh, if we have a good weekend, we'll swing over for a few brewskis, Razzles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll slap some Monaco stickers around on the bathroom stalls or something. <laughs> that's, that's what I like to hear. I, I can't think of a better way to celebrate a good Daytona experience. I know anytime I had. Just a decent if, – if we had a decent night at Daytona and we put her in the main event, you'll see my sorry ass at Razzles. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you had sorry. a bad night at, at Daytona, you were probably still at you Razzles. Might, you might still see me there. <laughs> uh, no, I, it doesn't feel the same uh, for sure, like not kicking the year off in Daytona. Gosh, I haven't missed a, I haven't missed a Daytona bike week in, I don't know, 10 years. So it's like – kind of funky for sure and it being at the end of the year is a little bit funky too but uh no i'm, I'm anytime that racing can be going on in daytona it's going to be a good show and it's going to be good to watch and it's going to be a good time bro this whole year has been funky i mean there's nothing we've done this year in the aft stuff that has made it nothing was familiar it was all unfamiliar territory like every weekend nothing nothing surprises me anymore dude i feel like i need to get a temperature check to use the pisser like it's um it's crazy but anyway man what's um what's new with you how, how you been it's it's been a while since 
since I've talked to you and definitely since many of our listeners have heard from you. So how how you doing? Um, I'm doing I'm doing the best I can. Um, definitely, uh, I'm, I've been staying busy. It's uh, it's been a funky year. Yeah, what a funky time to get hurt. Uh, because it seems like right when I kind of like started coming to and figuring out what was going on, um, and kind of adapting to the world again, I guess, figuring out how to get around in a wheelchair and 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 being as mobile as possible is kind of the first goal, and then kind of just go from there. Um, it's it's a tough concept. I mean, it's been it's been definitely tough, and it's been a tough time. Uh, <clears throat> but honestly, it's kind of funky with everything going on with all the COVID stuff, it's allowed me to get a little bit of like one up, like with everything being shut down and, you know, all the racing, you know, everything's been kind of quiet life's been kind of quiet. I was able to sneak out to a few go-kart tracks in Northern California and kind of like learn driving a go-kart. Like I figured, well, I'm not opposed to trying anything with a hand control. I got to, you know, I got to work out and I got to stay sharp. I still feel, you know, just cause I'm not walking doesn't mean I don't feel like a racer. So, um, just, you know, getting that itch, if you will. So it's kind of allowed me to, you know, while everyone was, it was bumming about, oh gosh, no races are going off. I'm kind of like, well, shoot, I'm sneaking off to the, to the go-kart track. And it's not, you know, it's not obviously what I was doing, but uh, I'm having a good time with it. And it's just learning a new craft and uh, making the best of the current situation. That's cool. You're still buckling a helmet, and and uh, you know at the end of the day when you put that helmet on, it doesn't matter whether you're on a Z50 or or you know an Indian or sitting in a go kart or a sprint car. When you buckle a helmet, you still buckle a helmet, and it all feels the same. I'm sure you can relate to that, you know. Um, and I want to get into some of your cart stuff, but you know you're from Modesto, man, and for a lot of people that don't know. Uh, that part of California, you know, it's Central Valley. Uh, not a whole lot necessarily going on. It's not like Southern California or LA or, or you know, some some other places around the country. It's uh, it's Central Valley, man. It, it's farmland, you know, son of an almond farmer, right? Uh, but you make that place. I mean, tell us a little bit about Modesto, what it's like living there. And I, I got to give you a lot of credit, man, because you make Modesto look like a such a fun place to be you got a, a good crew of, of guys to hang out with and and it's like dang man i, I want to be in modesto and and uh if you ever been there though the, that's probably like the last thing you think you would ever say <laughs> so tell Absolutely. us about modesto a little bit definitely um small town farm vibe um it's 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 odd it's definitely uh it's different but it kind of feels where I'm at in town, I'm kind of out in the country, so you got to make your own fun. And we did, I mean, just growing up, it was riding bicycles till we couldn't see and building jumps with shovels and skinning our knees and, and that whole deal. And, you know, as, as we got older, uh, we, we got XR100s and figured out, you know, how to how to get the hose out. We, we started, you know, watering a little pad and making a short track and knocking each other down. And we really, me and my brother just kind of, we just made our own fun growing up. And I had a lot of buddies that, uh, it was, a lot of my buddies lived in town. And I was really fortunate enough to live out in the country where I can, you know, raise hell and make all the noise I want. So, uh, I mean, every weekend it was kind of like my place was the meeting ground. And <laughs> bring a backpack full of clothes and you're riding gear in an XR100. And we'd come out and just ride and have fun and just really enjoy it. So having a place like that, um, it's been huge. It's been huge growing up with like Michael Intervitz and we had, you know, a lot of close friends like Dominic Quindris and 
and Mikey Martin, Mikey Avila, and uh, guys like that that we grew up riding every weekend with on mini bikes. So we got to hone our skills with some pretty cool, some pretty cool kids uh, locally too at the house. So it was very fun. Love it. Yeah, I've I've always enjoyed watching you guys. Uh, just your short tracking videos at Robert's Ranch and stuff like that. But um, yeah, you guys definitely have a good time. And um, but no, I was kind of wanted to get into your career a little bit, man. I mean. I, you, your family, your dad, you guys have been around the sport for a long time and you have some history within the flat track stuff. So talk a little bit about that and how you got started with all this and sort of, I don't know, your, your amateur days a little bit, like what got you actually your first race or, you know, rivals or things like that. Loaded yeah, question. Uh, <laughs> my, my story's kind of, kind of wild. Um, I wasn't really like a racer off to get. I didn't start on a PW50. I didn't, you know, my my dad raced a, a bit, quite a bit actually, but it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't coming out the womb intended to be to be a racer. Um, my dad worked uh, for Kenny Roberts' Yamaha shop in the mid-'80s, uh, and Kenny Roberts had a Yamaha shop in Modesto. Kenny actually had his ranch about 15 minutes uh, down the road from the house, so I was really fortunate that I got to grow up, you know, not too far from some really, really cool dudes and some really cool experiences and got to be around some stuff that is super, uh, super explicit, but pretty funny stuff and got to see a lot. So that was, that was cool growing up around that and, and being, being around that. Um, I didn't, uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't really have a career on a mini bike thing like that. I kind of started riding at about the age of five. Um, my dad worked at Kenny Roberts Yamaha shop prior and, and developed a pretty good relationship with Kenny. And that's where he met uh, guys like John Kuzinski and Tom Stevens, and they actually were roommates. So my dad would, you know, be roommates with these guys, and they'd share a spot. My dad would be, you know, going to work, and uh, they'd be going to race on the weekends. And my dad did some AFM stuff, and uh, he did a lot of, like, over-the-hill gang motocross and, and some Battle of the Twins Arma stuff. And my dad's raced quite a bit. But uh, Kenny definitely kind of got us going into the flat track thing. It was just a direction that my dad never did, but thought, man, that's really, uh, really a badass deal and something that I could see my boys doing. Because uh, he did the moto stuff, and a lot of his buddies were getting busted up and getting hurt. So he figured, shoot, you know, the, the dirt track route, you know, I don't want my boys, you know, breaking wrists and breaking legs, having to go to school and stuff. I think the flat track deal might be a little bit of a safer route, is what he was thinking. And, um, it's been good though. I mean, it's been an absolute blast and it's been a, a crazy journey for sure. So I kind of got started on an MR50. Um, I raced once or twice, but wasn't really, kind of, it was okay, but it just, that's just, my dad kind of was real take it or leave it. If I was really fired up about it, you know, then, then we'd go. But if not, he never really pushed much of it at all. And um, when I turned about 12, uh, I think I was about 11 or 12. I started riding quite a bit, and we started, like, really racing the local stuff a lot. Um, Chowchilla Barnburner, where I grew up racing with Briar and Bronson, and, and all of us boys grew up racing together, which was a really cool generation of kids to grow up with because, I, I mean, I never thought that I'd get to get to go as far as I got to go. And, I mean, you know, me and Bronson and Briar and that whole deal, just to – for all of us to grow up in the, in the same generation and still, you know, get to that point, turn professional, not only turn professional, we go expert, get national numbers. Uh, it was kind of a cool deal. Just, you know, some kids from California. We never thought 
that it was going to be possible. But, you know, that was obviously the, the, the dream and the goal in, in the back of my mind for sure ever since I was a little one. Um, so, yeah, like I said, kind of started getting really going at Chowchilla when I was about 12 or so and figured, uh, well, I want to kind of take this to the next level. Um, and a family friend of ours, Wayne Karsich, who used to run around with Dave Zanotti. Wayne's a, a good family friend, a pretty funny guy. He's like, well, you know, if you boys want to take it to the next level and uh, and really see if, if this is something you could see yourself doing and, and pick up the speed a bit, why don't you start going out to Lodi Cycle Bowl? And we're like, okay, well, that's kind of our next venture. And um, I was, we were on a budget, you know, and I was kind of in between funky ages and I didn't have a 250F. So I rode Jimmy Felice's FTR 250. Now, going back, a bit. I don't know if you guys remember, there was a, a concrete race uh, at the Cow Palace in, I believe, 99. And it was kind of a, it was a legends race. And Jimmy Felice rode a, rode a FTR 250. And FTR 250, just for those of you who don't know, it's a, it's a gray market street bike in Japan. And it resembles an RS 750. Uh, it's got, you know, like the Honda colored tank. And it's a really cool bike. And But it's, it's just a 250 four-stroke uh, Honda. Sammy's um, cracking up right now, James. It's a really cool bike. It's a really, Loves really, it. really cool bike. And that was, and that was my, that was my first actual big bike. When people think, oh man, you know, what was your 250F like? What was this like? What was that like? I, you know, Jimmy Felice helped me out, and that was my first big bike. Was an FTR 250, and I've got some pretty cool photos I can send to you guys. And that was my first big bike, first bike I rode, and I rode it chill, chill all winter long, and really dug it, and I actually had a lot of luck and. Uh, I don't think I ever won any races, but I ended up second and third behind a few kids. Me and Michael, Michael got his, Michael Anderson got his 250F that winter. I remember we were kind of, you know, I was on this funky thing and he had his bike, but it was cool kind of getting on that big bike. And then that's where we go into George Max helping me out. And George was a family friend of uh, Dante D'Ambroso's as well as my dad's and Rod Lake. Uh, they're all really, really close together um, all through the years. And George, uh, he had a 250F, and he had the thing lowered with, with 19s on it, and my numbers on it, and sent it out in a crate. Uh, just out of the goodness of his heart, that's the kind of guy George Mack was. And uh, sent it out. I didn't deserve it. Gosh, who was I? I was just a, you know, a local yokel that did some, you know, some 250 races at a non-district race. I mean, why, why would I deserve a 250F in a crate? But George was nice enough to, to kind of put his faith in me. And so here we are, like 2009, uh, start going to Lodi Cycle Bowl. And it's a family affair. It's me, Dad, Dom. We're loaded down in, uh, in a Ford van with windows in the church van. Uh, things got 450,000 miles on it. And Pops just pulled out the driveway in it right now. So it's pretty cool. It's got some freaking uh, – it's been to Daytona three or four times. It's got some stories. But, yeah, we'd be loaded down that thing, going to Lodi every weekend and, and just – as they say, cutting your teeth, getting, you know, learning race craft, learning all about it. Um, and I had this 250F that George helped me out with. My brother was on an 80 at the time. Dad was on his TP500. And, and we made, you know, a couple seasons out of it. We didn't miss a damn race. And it was the whole high point deal. And if you know Lodi, you know what I'm talking about. And it was a way that we, I mean, we learned. This was some, These were summers that, you know, we learned so much and freaking we would, be working on the ranch all summer long, knowing that, you know, we're, we're earning our race entry for the weekend going to Lodi. And it was a real special time, I think, for, for me and my brother. 
I mean, it, it's something that I can look back and it's just like, holy crap, what an awesome experience. Like, thank you, motorcycle racing. Like, without you, I wouldn't have experienced that. So, shit like that, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I no, got the 250 up from George. We, we had, that's where we started kind of getting a start. And that was my start with George. And fast forward, you know, I kept, kept trying, kept trying, kept staying local, kept staying local, finally turned 16. Big thank you to Craig Rogers. Craig helped me out with a 450, so he was my first help with with uh, with a 450. And I did a year of local stuff on it. Had some luck. Uh, won a Junior Marrow Top Gun Championship, and and was kind of I was, you know, starting to be kind of a, a local quick guy. And and turned 16, and uh, was good friends with uh, still good friends with Mikey Alva. And it was like, well, dude, you're 16. I mean, shoot. You know, you've had a you've had a year of 450 racing under your belt. Why not apply for a for a pro sport license? And I mean, my thought all along is I'm seeing all my buddies that are a few years older than me, like you know, Mike Diablo and Mike Martin. That's obviously where I want to be. Gosh, if I could ever just be Lodi Open A. Gosh, if I could ever just be, uh, you know, if I could ever just get my pro sport license. Gosh, if I could ever just make a pro sport main. Like it's just this this crazy wild thing that it all starts like. I just want to be a B rider. I want to lose this stupid fucking three digit. And then it's like, okay, now it's just, it's this funky little thing. And it never, it's this little monster in us as racers and it never ends. And it's, it's totally healthy. It's just, that's how it is. Honestly, man, that that's kind of, I've been wanting to just chime in quick that you've always been a guy kind of like myself. You've always kind of sap. You've, you've appreciated the moments a lot more like your accomplishments in the sport because you kind of grew up with it and you know, I don't know, there's some prestige to everything you've mentioned. Like for me, you know, getting my national number was, I mean, I grew up watching these guys, you know, they were my heroes and to get my national number in the books next to guy, you know, the great legends that have ever done it. Um, you know, same for you, like, you know, everything I've ever read from you, like when you have an accomplishment or a successful day at the track, you're always in kind of shock and awe that you've made it to that point. And I, I've always appreciated that because I was kind of the same way. I mean, I've always been like, um, holy shit, dude, I have a national number. Where, like, kids that start racing later in life and they're not familiar with the sport, they kind of take it for granted a, a little bit more, I feel like. It's like, oh, I got a national number, big deal. It's like, dude, that is – that's a – it's a big deal. So just little things like that, I just, I've always appreciated how you appreciate, you know, what you've been able to accomplish. No, and it's just kind of funny. So, like, my – my career, I mean, you look on it on paper or whatever, it's it's not like a lot of the guys that I raced with. I, I, I got passed up by kids, and I was kind of like, when I first got my start in 2012, right off the get, I kind of like, whoa, qualified six in Daytona first try. What the fuck? Six in the main event. Whoa. Like, and I left Daytona six the first night. I think sat front row my first national, and I think I ended up like 10th to second. And I'm driving home from Daytona thinking, what in the, what the, like, is this even real life? Like, holy shit, you know? And then we go through, like, trials and tribulations of racing. So it's like I get home, and then throughout the year, it was kind of a pretty, it was a really weird stellar year that went fucking killer. And then I come back to Daytona the next year thinking, oh, you got this in the bag. Are you kidding me? Like, this is no biggie. And qualified 33rd both nights drove home thinking i'm done that's it i'm selling this shit i'm, I'm over i mean I, <laughs> I, I i absolutely done it was a great run 
And this was 2013. I'm like, it was an absolutely great run. It was killer, but this is just not for me. <laughs> I retire every I mean, week, I feel like, James. At some point every weekend, I, it, I retire. <laughs> and it's, so, dude, it's, it's one of the things, it's, I think it's just racing, man. I've had a couple of go-kart races, and after my second one, I'm thinking, fuck this, I'm done. What am I doing here, dragging myself here? What the hell am I thinking? So I think that's, that's freaking, that's the, uh, that's the nature of us, isn't it? You know? Well, and those successful days, there's nothing like it. So you, it's like you crave uh, and work for those days because there's no well, other feeling like it. I can't describe the high, you know, and, and chiming back into your national number deal. That's uh, yeah. I see kids that like, you know, got numbers that were like younger than me and kind of like got one before me and like passed me up with it. And it took me a while to get mine. And I kind of, that was something that like, you know, I, Oh dude, I, it was one of those deals. Point blank period. If anyone would ask me, like, you know, if I just got my national number, I could die a happy man. That was my whole deal, like, as a kid. So, you know, it was, uh, it was a really, it was a huge deal. I mean, it was a huge deal. And that's something that most people, it's kind of, you get to sit at a table with like an elite group of dudes, right? And you get to, like, you get a seat at this table and you guys can kind of, not everyone gets that opportunity and gets to be able to do that. And, it's kind of funky. Uh, I made 22 grand na- on my 22nd grand national main event uh, on a twin as an extra riders when I got hurt. How funny is that? Like I sat and counted that uh, a couple months after I got hurt. I'm like, whoa, like I don't mean to be like weird and in the numbers and getting all weird on you, but that must mean something. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I, that is crazy. So, That's crazy. That was the thing. Like that was, that was the funkiest thing. I'm like, you know, you know, I turned expert here, and you know, I was riding for Samuel when here, and I'm, and I'm sitting and counting, and I made, like, X amount this year, and I broke a lot that year, and, yeah, it was on my 22nd main event I made, so that was, like, whoa, that's kind of funky, but, no, it was, it was a good run, and, um, hell yeah, I'm bummed. I mean, i got to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely. You don't think it bums me out, you know, watching everybody? I mean, that was my, I mean, my absolute life for forever, and, uh, I'm absolutely bummed, and um, ah, but it's okay. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where I, I can't be. I got to be thankful for all the cool times and all the good memories. And good memories can still be made. It's just a little bit different now, and it looks a little different. It's still the same concept. We still like going fast. It's all the same deal. Um, it's just, I guess, finding that new normal, whatever that new normal is, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Life goes on, man. Well, I applaud everything you're doing, James, man. I have nothing but the utmost respect for, for you know, everything that you've you've gone through or the way you've handled it. Man, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what it means coming from me, but, you know, I applaud you on on, on the way you, uh, you live your life for sure. Getting back to kind of like, you know, uh, I don't want to go back too far or change gears too much, but the show's called Tank Slapping, so we like to talk about some of the, you know, off the cuff kind of stuff. And in the racing yes, world, in the racing world, you know, I mean, most people have like the Playboy Mansion, right? Like, ooh, 
you've been to the Playboy Mansion? What's that like, right? Well, you've been to the Playboy Absolutely. Mansion of motorcycle racing, and that's Kenny's Ranch. Like, what is that like for all of us racers or all the people out there listening that, you know, I've, I was fortunate enough to be there a couple of times myself and jump up and down on Kenny's bed when I was a kid. But for all of us that have not had the chance to be around Kenny or, or, or that ranch or that life or what was that like? Tell everybody what, what, what the Playboy Mansion of motorcycling was like. So, I mean, gosh, Kenny's been a part of my life. Uh, a lot longer than my racing, not just my racing. He's been a part of my life for freaking ever. So uh, I was five years old, and it was New Year's, um, just spending it up there at the ranch, as we did every year. And I was in the motorhome, this and that, and I got out of the motorhome, and this is what was going on at Kenny's house in 2000. He had a Hummer H1, and he was taking everybody was up there for his, his annual New Year's party. Those of you who don't know, he had a wild annual New Year's party every year uh, that was in kind of conjunction with his birthday because that was his birthday as well. And, uh, and this year, it was like, I believe, 2000, 2001. It's right when H1 Hummers, like, you could kind of buy one and have one, like, at the house. And so he had an H1, like a diesel H1 Hummer out there at the ranch, and he was taking everybody on rides with no fucking headlights on and just taking everybody on rides. So I'm a little kid. My parents are out, you know, having a few cold ones, this and that. And I'm with some others as a kid hanging out in the motorhome, and they put us down for bed. And I'm five or six, and I walk out of the motorhome and parked right by the shop. And right by the shop was kind of like a big step down where he'd boom, jump the thing off the step down and take <laughs> off and, you know, go out into the hills under the moto track and, you know, basically give everybody a joy ride and come back and then get the next group of people. It was just, it was a wild time. And, uh, Ray Abrams is like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. And Kenny's right about to take off in the Hummer. And he's like, whoa, 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 stop. And, uh, walks down the hill and grabs my hand and holds me up, you know, holds me up like a little kid. And, uh, he's like, who's, who's this? You know, and my dad's like, oh <laughs> shit. You know, so I remember, I remember six or seven, uh, you know, helping my dad write a freaking letter. Uh, thanks Ray. You saved my life. Blah, blah, blah. I'm mailing it to A&A. Uh, when I was a kid, because I mean, yeah, without if, if if shit, who knows if Ray wouldn't have seen me there, you know, freaking Kenny would have took off, and it was just <laughs> it was really wild stuff up there. Um, yeah. Fast forwarding, uh, there's a lot of just crazy stories like that, but that's going pretty far back. We, um, it's been an awesome time being a part of that up there. It was a a really insane place. Uh, his driveway had a freaking go kart track incorporated in it. I mean, how cool is that? It was an awesome shop. State-of-the-art freaking facility, um, killer machine shop. He was in there all the time, welding, doing stuff. Kenny always, uh, always one thing he would say is how he, he wanted to come back to Lodi and get that black plate championship. Uh, over the years, he did a lot of stuff, Grand National Championship with all of his road race and world championships and all that. He wanted to go back to Lodi and get that black plate won. <laughs> and he'd always joke with me about that. Here I am growing up, and I'm going to Lodi all the time. He's like, yeah. You know, he's got his TT500 he's working on that's totally outlawed. It's got, you know, aluminum spars off a MotoGP bike he's working on and this and that. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting this thing ready for Lodi myself, you know. And I, he wasn't he wasn't joking. I mean, he's got, I mean, he's got a TT500, you guys. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's all dialed in. He's, he's going to come back out for a District 36 Lodi uh, Black Plate Championship. He might give uh, give a Tiger the, <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, I think if anyone could defeat him. It's Kenny on that TT500. I'm just saying. 
That's amazing. What <laughs> is it about Lodi? I was going to ask you, man. Like, why are the emotions so high at Lodi? Like, so you, you, I always would read about the shit that goes down at Lodi. I mean, it is it that sacred of a track where it, it just you gotta win, or there's hits or what? It's kind of funky. It, it's crazy what social media does because it just makes it, it blows things out of proportion. But it's a good <laughs> motorcycle club. A good motorcycle club. Been around forever. Um, I speak very, very highly of it, and I love it. Uh, I think a little bit of it, what it is, though, is you've got club members, and, of course, club members have kids. And who are the club members' kids? Well, they're racers. So it's not necessarily what's best for a certain class or a certain movement or a certain motorcycle or rider. Uh, it's what's best for so-and-so's son, who happens to sometimes be a club member. So yeah, it's just uh, club members and kids, and unfortunately the club members have kids, and those kids race. So I think sometimes that kind of has a little bit to do with uh, a lot of the politics. You know, I know when, when I was growing up, uh, my dad was approached quite a few times. Oh, come on, be a club member, be a club member. And my dad was like, you know what? I, you I get a front row spot in the main. <laughs> you know, it's just I, I want to take these boys on the road and show them that there's more than there's more than Lodi. We love Lodi. I, I mean, Lodi is one of my favorite places, but. There is other places to, to hone your skills at. So that was uh, that was one of the things growing up. I always loved going there, and I always still shoot. I might even go this weekend. But uh, it's uh, don't get stuck in the trap. If I could tell any young racer uh, that's that's local, um, don't get stuck thinking that Lodi is your only way. Uh, use it as a as a training tool, and and then you can take a lot of the skills that you learn at Lodi and take to a lot of uh, other racetracks. So. You know, just don't get stuck in that rut, right? And that's and that's common with a lot of local racetracks. You see that, Corey and Sammy. You know, yeah. We love Lodi. It gives us a lot to talk about. We always talk about. It, it seems like every weekend. I mean, even when we talk to guys that are like, okay, this is not a West Coast guy at all. Lodi still comes up. They it's a big deal, show. man. Yeah, it's sacred it's ground. A, big it's a fucking bit. deal. Yeah. It is. It is. It's a big deal. It's kind of funny. You mentioned you mentioned dads um, being club members or things like that. If my dad was a club member, he would have put me on the back road just for shits and gigs. Like, (laughs) how nice would it have been to have a dad like like doing stuff like that? Mine, like every time I would do something stupid on the track, like I would bump into somebody or whatever, they'd come back in the pits and they'd start hollering at my dad and my dad be like i didn't hit you he's right over there in the truck go get him it's like shit dude <laughs> like, <laughs> i just drove the, i just drove a little shit there you can you can hit you can fight his own yeah yep exactly right man that's kind of uh, one thing i at the time i i wasn't a fan of but i, I kind of appreciated it over time kind of let me handle my own shit so um you see some of these dads or parents on social media even when their kids are full-grown pros and it's like, you know, they just don't shut up about their kid. It's like, man, if, if my mom or dad did that, I'd make them delete Facebook. Like, just stay off. Don't say shit. Like, just whatever. Yeah, that, that was one thing, like, in growing up for me, yeah, my, both my parents never had social media. And it was never – that was – I'm pretty I'm pretty lucky in that aspect. Like, pretty pretty old school in a sense. I'm, I'm, I'm an old soul for sure when it comes to that stuff. And I have to – I got to show my parents. I'm sending them the links to uh, to podcasts and explaining to them how to listen. So <laughs> I like that. I feel like, uh, yeah, gosh, social media, parents, racing, um, sometimes not the 
not the best mix. There's some there's some shit I've read on social media that uh, parent-wise, geez, I just don't know what to think. I'm just like I said, going back to it, glad my parents don't have it because holy shit. <laughs> I tell you what, it's one of my favorite things now, going to a local race and watching like the peewee dads. <laughs> those guys oh yeah they're awesome and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they, those guys write the, those guys write the best race reports too to be honest they're pretty <laughs> dramatically dialed and... <laughs> just hey one more year sammy just wait it out i'm coming <laughs> yeah you'll be there man be there. you ain't seen shit till you see me as a peewee dad uh well you know I, what man i might be a peewee dad too molly started riding the other week and uh i guess while i was down in charlotte this weekend she was laying in bed with manda and she goes you know when i grow up i want to be a racer <laughs> so i might be a peewee dad before we know it <laughs> dude i love it i love it i love it and you know what and that's uh it's funny because it's, it's not just racing motorcycles it's just simply the love of look at all the cool experiences like you guys are telling me right now with, with Molly and Cruz and all your guys' experience simply through motorcycling, not necessarily racing, not necessarily just the simple love of, of, of getting out and, and trying it, you know? Yeah. Awesome. No, if I didn't have motorcycles in my life in general, I would have a blank slate. Like everything I've ever done with my entire life from the day I was born involves motorcycles. So yeah, man, I, hell yeah, I can agree with you on that. It's, there's definitely a lot to it, more than just racing, and I, I definitely, um, I definitely agree with you. But you know, a little bit for this year. You know, it's been a weird year. You haven't been out there. I know you follow the sport a lot, and kind of, what are your thoughts on how this year has been kind of playing out, man? I mean, you're super knowledgeable. You're a student of the game a little bit, uh, a lot of it actually. You're um, a very insightful rider. You've always been. So, kind of curious on. Um, breaking down the season a little bit and your thoughts on how it's how it's been going. Um, I I like it. I like what I'm seeing. I to be honest with you guys, I haven't really watched a whole lot. Um, I'm kind of in between like moving spots right now, and uh, I don't really have the best the best TV setup at the moment. I watch you know I watch my phone here and again. But to be quite frank, um, on a lot of the race dates, I've been kind of, you know, I've had like stuff where I'm like doing stuff, so I haven't catched a bunch. But I do, uh, I do follow it uh, religiously, uh, and, and in certain aspects of certain stuff. And I, I talk to a lot of people every week. I'm still very, very involved with with it. Um, I eat, sleep, and breathe it, and I love it. Um, I like what I'm seeing this year. Um, singles class, kind of curious what's up we're kind of down on rider count uh, i'm not sure if everyone's like okay with that or what but i'm seeing only like 24 guys show up um i don't know i don't know if it's just a funky year if everyone's kind of like maybe holding out and waiting until next season so like okay yeah we're going to go you know 2021 it's a full season we know what we're expecting now we're going to get involved I'm, I'm thinking maybe just people kind of pulled the clutch in this year and and decided not to go racing because it was kind of funky so that's one thing I noticed is just riders count, rider counts kind of down on singles. I'd like to just see it up more simply. I just I feel like there's uh, I see a couple of young kids making their pro sport debut. I like seeing that. Um, but yeah, rider counts down a little bit, and then super twin stuff. So it's the first year that we see the same guys, or essentially close to the same guys, gridded every weekend. Uh, and guys not making their way into the main. Um, I don't know how you guys feel. I'm just 
once again, I'm kind of an old soul and I'm old school. I, I like seeing guys race their way in, but that's just me. Um, so seeing guys, you know, not necessarily pre-staged, but knowing that they're going to be, you know, in the main, it kind of takes a little bit of the, the, the butt puckering factor and the, and the stress factor out of it of, of, of getting it in there to a main. Uh, so I kind of, uh, I've been enjoying watching the production racing shit. I mean, that's been really awesome. Uh, Corey, you've been freaking killing it. Hogs full. He's been killing it. Chad, you guys been killing it. I wish I was there hanging with you guys. Um, the production guys have been, have been racing. Awesome. It's been awesome. Awesome racing. I want to see a few more bikes in production. And I think that would be, be killer. But as of right now, gosh, what can you, what can you ask for with such a funky season in COVID? Um, but no, the super twins deal. It's good. Uh, just, I don't know. It's kind of not, I love it. You know, it's just, it's taken certain aspects out by having the guys pre-gridded and that's just a, a, a personal thought. And yeah, the single stuff, everyone's riding, riding killer, riding wild. And Dallas Daniels, I think I'm, uh, I remember hanging off the fence last year at Peoria. Uh, and I think, you know, for my generation, I'm watching the next, uh, Nikki Hayden, in front of my very eyes, I feel like, I mean, he's just, he's on a roll. Um, and a lot of it too is I think it starts at home. Um, he's had a great upbringing. Uh, he's got, you know, his parents are awesome. They've got him super dialed and on track. And, you know, as a little one, um, just those proper, those proper steps along the way to, to know that ultimately this is where I want to be. How do I get there? And it's a, it's a long, it's a long road, but it looks like he's done an awesome job following it. So uh, that's been pretty cool to see for sure. It's great hearing your take on it. I'm an old soul when it comes to racing too, you know, but I know things have to evolve and things have to change, but I kind of like, I miss the aspect of having to race your way into a main event for sure. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, Yeah. You know, Um, but you know, I want to talk a little bit, man, you're still racing, man. You, you won, uh, you're, you're, you're racing carts. Now you won your first race uh, a few weeks ago. I seen that. That was, I mean, that was totally awesome to see you, uh, to get a win there, but I don't know much about kart racing and, you know, I don't know if you're, you know, tell us what, what you got going on there. What, what kind of carts you're racing, what you're doing, what series it's in or what goals you have, if any, and where you're going with it. Well, it's uh, it's all new to me too. So when I got hurt, I had a good buddy, Mike DeRosier that helped me with my, uh, with my flat track program. And what, uh, what he did was he was, he's always been in the go-kart industry and when I got hurt, it wasn't, you know, probably a week later or so when I got my phone, he sent me a text and he's like, hey, should I put a hand control on a go-kart? And I'm like, absolutely. I think that'd be a blast. I think it'd be a great way for me to, you know, get some adrenaline and, and get back out there and get going again. Um, so I wasn't really quite sure what I was getting myself into either, but I've, I've got introduced to some really good guys along the way. And I started actually, my, my first drive in the go-kart was right, uh, right before Christmas of 2019 uh so it was it was was pretty pretty early on i mean after i got hurt yeah i didn't didn't really wait too terribly long i just i mean to be honest with you guys i i had to scratch the itch i'm dying i'm sitting here you know and i'm seeing everybody having fun and i i just had to kind of i had to really start doing something um to keep my mind moving in a in a positive direction so I go and meet up with Mike. Mike uh, doesn't live too far from Sonoma, so we typically frequent out at Sonoma or Sears Point, for some of you that don't know. Uh, has a really awesome go-kart track. So I started going out there, and, you know, the first 
day. I just I got hooked on it. I love it. Uh, it's a spec class that I'm driving, um, 100cc, air-cooled, electric start, uh, single speed. Everyone's on the same tires, same fuel. Um, very, very, very spec, very difficult. I mean, it's, it's one of it's, it's, this would be hard for me walking. So this has nothing, you know what I mean? It's walking or not. This is a super, super difficult thing, but it's been so awesome. I mean, an awesome workout, uh, a great way for me to, you know, stay out there and, and stay working on stuff, wrenching on stuff. Um, I got kind of bullshitted into doing my first race, uh, at, the rock Sonoma series. And, uh, the series has kind of been shortened up a little bit due to COVID. So it was, I believe it was a four round series. Um, and so, yeah, I know I've raced, raced all three races and actually on my second race, my first one, I didn't tell anybody to be honest when my first race was just cause I didn't know how it was going to go. And I not necessarily embarrassed, just kind of keeping it under my hat. And I just wanted to be quiet about it. I'd rather nobody know. And I, I had a buddy, Damon Coca and, and my brother Dom come up and, and help wrench me that first race, and they helped throw me in the cart. And I just didn't want didn't want anybody to anybody to know really. So it kind of took me a few to get going, and um, I tried to stay in the cart once a week. Uh, and there's a few a few tracks up and down California we've been going, but this series that I've been chasing is mainly at Sonoma, and it's like I said, presented by Rock. Rock is a Rock is an engine manufacturer, a lot like Indian or Harley. Um, so I'm kind of been chasing this local series, which has been really fun and, and just seeing what works, what doesn't, and how I'm figuring out that these guys might have a little more pep in their motor than I do. And now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bringing stuff home, figuring out, okay, what are we going to do next? And, uh, I got lucky to link up with Ron White, who's a, a CRG cart dealer, um, out of, uh, American Canyon. And he's been a lot of help too, uh, with, with my pavement stuff. So, the pavement stuff's been killer. Um, I've, I've really been enjoying it. Uh, but as we um, kind of have a little bit of an announcement, and I, I'd like to use your guys' uh, like to use your guys show to to get it out. Um, I think oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To, to let everybody know what I've been going on. I've kind of kept it under my hat. Um, but out my way, outlaw cart racing is a, is a really big deal. Guys like Kyle Larson and Rico Abreu get their, uh, got their start running them. And basically, it's it's kind of it's a flat cart with a cage and a wing, and it looks a lot like a, a small sprint car. Basically, no suspension, and uh, typically, you know, uh, a 450 motocross engine is used. Uh, so what what I've been doing is, uh, you know, I've been spending a lot of time in the asphalt cart, and I've been thinking. I mean, my my roots are dirt. I still have my short track at the house. We still like to to drive dirt carts and bump each other around and spin each other out and have beers on Sunday. So. Um, I, I, that's obviously where my heart's at and I really, really enjoy the dirt. Um, so I sat and thought and I, I kind of wrote a little proposal up and, uh, and gave Tim Essenson a shout and, and he's going to help me. Uh, he's actually helped me already. We're working on getting a chassis and, uh, an engine package out of a Yamaha 450. We'll, we'll have a, a pretty cool looking little Essenson outlaw cart to do, uh, to do next summer series at, uh, at Cycle Land, which is it's a really big deal out this way on the West Coast, um, and there's a lot of places out here uh, that have racing and livestock barns uh, during the winter. So, uh, outlaw cart racing, it's it's like a big deal on the West Coast, and it's all through the Midwest too. It's starting to get bigger and bigger. So, I'm kind of looking forward to working with Tim, and uh, really excited to be a part of that Simpson Clan. Even though it's on four wheels and it's a little different, uh, I'm happy to to still be uh, a part of such a, a 
cool group of guys and, and good people from dirt track racing so Woo, man Dude. that is so cool man we're stoked over here when you were telling it man we're all me carter and sammy we're, we're hype man that's yeah. so cool <laughs> we were, hey i was biting my tongue so bad i didn't want to interrupt that but we were all like what no way right on <laughs> that's like mind blown man that's really cool uh i think that's the best racing news i've heard man that's put a huge smile on my face i can't imagine how good that had to make you feel james i mean they honored that you chose our show to uh, you know, to to debut that 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 message in your new platform of racing. That's really cool. Uh, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to see uh, how that goes for you, and uh, wish you the best in that. Yeah, no, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be something a little different. I actually I've driven I've driven a, a QRC Outlaw cart before out at the house, and uh, my my buddy Mike again rigged up some hand controls, and so I've, I've, I'm pretty familiar. Uh, granted, we had a 250F on it, so the 450 is gonna going to bark a little more but uh it's going to be fun it's it's big out my way and i'm really lucky to have uh have a track at the house to where i can i can practice in the thing kind of honing my skills before i go out there and uh hopefully not get in anyone's way hopefully be pretty racy with the boys and um i can't wait i think it's going to be uh i think it's going to be a good deal and it'll be cool it'll be you know a little essence in yamaha outlaw card I'm, i'm thinking that's pretty badass so that that is really cool man well i i tell you what you're racing the clock right now because uh, i got a couple sprint cars that are collecting dust and you better hurry up before they get too old <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm trying man you know I, I gotta be honest with you guys i have my days where i wake up and i'm like dude why in the hell am i even trying to do any of this why am i trying to why am i trying to get in a car why am i trying to get in a cart why am i hucking myself in my pickup and dragging myself to the go-kart track like why do i even do this like and I, I got my days, but it's just, I'll keep trying. And I've only got so much time here. So, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know, another lease on life, if you will. So I'm trying to, I, I don't want to leave any st- stone unturned. And I want to want to keep going. And I don't want to turn any opportunity down. So um, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super thankful for, for Tim to be on board with this little deal. And hopefully it, it could open up some, some more eyes and I can, I can keep at it and, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really enjoying myself and I'm, I'm lucky to have uh, the few guys around me that are kind of keeping me, keeping me in the cart every, every week and keeping me, keeping me in shape. It's a lot like, it's funny. I, I leave the go-kart track and with a big ass smile, kind of like when I had, you know, used to go moto and uh, in the middle of the week before I go and race. And then I drive home with a fat ass smile on my face. It, it's the same thing. I almost forget that I'm paralyzed sometimes, to be honest. Like, you know, I kind of have to look down and, and think, Oh fuck, you know, I'm driving with my hand drive with my right hand again but it's all right screw it nah dude that's i mean the bad days and the you're questioning why you're doing it and then you do it anyway that's the mindset of somebody who is a grinder and somebody who is successful at life i mean um the people that get tired or they get you know annoyed and just quit those people um they're the ones that have regrets and like you said you know not, not wanting to have regrets later that you didn't do you know what you could do or chase some of your dreams man that's um that's really awesome to hear and i uh i i maybe i'm biased but flat trackers are good racers when they translate over to car racing or anything really like the skills you've learned on a flat track bike it, it you don't you can't just pick them up like it takes time of you know all the years you what you've done on a flat track bike 
it'll translate over incredible for car racing and these car racers they're in for uh they're in they're in for something man i'm excited for it that's really cool i was gonna say man i think if you've been a flat track racer i don't care what you do i feel like you got an edge up on everybody and everything you do seriously no seriously i, you're I, right. swear. <laughs> I it's, swear it's it's built different man like it's it's so much racing skills mixed in the ones one genre um you know the drafting the close race and the aggressiveness the smoothness the everything that it takes to be successful at flat track it's not fucking easy it is a very hard sport yeah. and it'll tra- it'll translate over like more than you realize and more than anybody realizes it's 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 a very tough sport and you know it's funny it's um riding's only 10% of it and I'll, I'll tell that to anybody riding was really only 10% of it a, a lot of it's the life skills you know i learned i learned a lot about life through racing motorcycles i learned a lot about life through getting in a van with a buddy at 17 and you know, 450 in a gear bag and fucking hoping for the best. Like, I, I don't, and I, I, I learned a shitload about myself. I sure learned, learned a shitload about others. Um, there's really, there's, there's nothing like it. And, uh, you know, I think with racing in general, I, I don't know, being a broke racer is a lot like kind of being in a wheelchair sometimes. You're doing a bunch of shit you don't want to have to do just so you can have fun, you know, but it's, <laughs> fuck it. I mean, you, you got to do it. <laughs> what are you gonna do dude i love that analogy <laughs> that i mean good. nah that's dude honestly your your mindset is incredible and just the positive at it like uh, so many people that aren't paralyzed and aren't injured or they can learn a lot from listening to this interview and following you on social media and just having a positive mindset dude it's it's just incredible and uh yeah i'm super thankful uh, that we could have you on the show and chat with you and definitely would like to have you on again once you get in the card and get an update from you and, and things like that. But dude, honestly, a lot of respect for you. I had a lot of respect for you uh, always, like as a rider, as a person. And, uh, you know, it's really grown more and more for me and um, a, lot, a lot of appreciation. Um, but no, our, our last segment we do, I know you've listened to some of the shows, but it's called the higher low line. We, um, you know, give you this or that and kind of Pick one with a brief explanation. So you're ready for ready to get started on it? Let's get her going. All right, man. Got a couple good ones here. Uh, favorite TT track, Springfield TT or Peoria TT? Gosh, I love that Springfield dirt, but something about the Peoria vibe, so I'm going with Peoria. All right. I'm going to make my first national there. Made my first national there, too, so I'm a little biased. Got the got the national number there so i'm kind of a bit of a pure <laughs> love it that that's uh that's a I, I i totally get it man i'm but i'm a little surprised i thought you'd be a springfield dirt kind of guy you know that short track's pretty awesome i but. am sammy don't do this that's you can't even do me with i know that it's question. a tough that one man I, yeah you did good man that's uh, your answer you did good man i respect it it's good it's solid can't argue uh, it, man. all right i got one for you we'll well, 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 well uh, since you're going to go in the four-wheel world, I'm going to throw two big races. If you could, uh, you know, win any big race, and, and it, would you rather win the Springfield Mile or the Knoxville Nationals? Oh, man. Um, oh, I'd love, to, I'd love to win Knoxville uh, with hand controls, right? That'd be freaking – imagine that. Um, gosh, you're such a dirt tracker at heart. Uh, Springfield's – Pretty crazy. Uh, I've, oh, man. Springfield Mile. Yeah, Springfield Mile for sure. 
what's sure the pay what's the paycheck for knoxville isn't it like a hundred grand it's a hundred grand <laughs> fuck dude i love I dirt track too but cash money baby yeah, i know <laughs> i know i know it's just kind of a buck i don't i mean obviously bucket list thing right shit yeah I mean, I, uh, yeah springfield man i love it all uh, right I got another tough one. Well, I don't know if it's... Well, we'll see. Uh, racing, let's say Racing Idol, Northern California. You going with Kenny Roberts or Ricky Graham? He's thinking about this. Dude, I love I love when we stump people. Like, it's I love it. So, I mean, I'm obviously a little biased to Kenny, of course, but... Uh, I mean, how can how can a NorCal kid not look up to Ricky Graham and, and absolutely idolize somebody like that? Uh, I'm gonna have to say Kenny, just because just all around. I mean, the guy's the full entire package, and I mean, kind of Captain America. So I'm gonna have to say Kenny, but absolute the most most respect to Ricky Graham, one of my favorite racers, hands down. So that was a tough one. I mean, but I gotta go Kenny, but. It's all love, Ricky Graham, for sure, forever. Solid answer. All right, I'm going to change this one up a little bit. This is just completely off the wall. Um, would you rather have, like, a Rasta accent, like you have to talk like a Rasta guy, or you You'll have to have dre- Yeah, or dreadlocks. You're making me crazy, man. <laughs> I guess you're going with the accent. <laughs> uh, no, you know what's funny? I, I was thinking about kind of want to get dreaded out a little bit i wouldn't be opposed to it but i'll leave the dreads up to jeffrey um i'll stick with the accent man <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah. uh, that's good man uh go ahead Corey. you got one yeah i got we got some more man All right, we got a few good ones still um would you rather live 100 years in the future or 100 years in the past Oh, to be quite frank with you, boys, I'm going to have to go 100 years in the past. I'm such a, like, a old-school service station, Coca-Cola signs, all that bullshit. Like, I, I'm so old-school. Like, you know what I mean? couple boys in the garage, wrenching on a car, all that old shit. I, I just, I'm all about it. So I'm going to have to go 100 years in the past. I think I would, too. 100 years in the future might be terrifying. So I, I'm, I'm good with the past, bro. Like, that's that was a seemed like an okay time. Actually, no, that was it. I'm not- Hundred years in the past would put us what right at the Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> uh, almost to well, it. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. I'd go for it, man. I'd go yep. for it. Yeah, I definitely. I don't know. I just, I'm just not. I'm just, I'm just. I don't want to even get talking on that subject, boys. I'm just not liking where the world's freaking. I don't know where we're headed. You know, it gets me no, freaking thinking. I'm so I'm gonna have to. I might have to that, stick with what I know, if you will. That's a whole nother podcast than that. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, a whole yeah. nother show right there, man. Uh, all right. Let's see. I got one for you. It's not so – I will. all right. Would you rather be a spotter for a NASCAR team or hold the pit board for a motocross team? Uh, current state probably makes more sense if I got a real dialed suite with some AC. I could be a bitchin' spotter, I'm thinking. Uh, but I'm really down. Oh, man, I'm spending the summer out in the mud, freaking holding the sign, have you boys push me out there. Mm. <laughs> spotter wouldn't be a bad gig. That's like a serious I'm job, a, though. I'm, kind of a, I'm an outdoor guy. I, I'm an outdoor guy. I'm sitting I'm, up I'm there with binoculars the all out. I got to spend the summer in the mid I'm going to hang out the board, the plus two. Nice. <laughs> nice. I think I'm, right, I'm I got, going moto. 
got one more for you, man. 2020. Oh shit, I messed this up my notes. 2020 champ. I put 21. Uh, Super Twins. Two races left. Jared Meese or Briar Bauman? I mean, I gotta say Briar. I'm just, I'm, I'm liking it. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking the new generation. I'm liking the new blood. I love it. Uh, I, I hope Briar can pull it off. But I mean, gosh, Jared's the definition of work, right? I mean, come on. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely gonna be pulling for Briar. I hope he could pull that off. I'd love to see him start racking up a few championships. I mean, he's, uh, he's been putting the work in, shit. Yeah. Well, Northern California pride, baby. I was gonna ask you who. Who has better riders, Southern California or Northern California? But that was, you know, I figured that's a dumb question. So it's kind of funny though. Like, you know, that's a funny question. It's, that's a tough one because we've got guys like Kale Colkman, who I think, oh, absolutely stand out in my mind as like a bitch and short tracker. Obviously, Mikey Rush, but Mikey Rush is kind of like central. So we're all spread out, and I think there's there's so much like different. I don't know, different flavor in California. Guys ride differently. Guys are like short track experts and can't figure out their ass on a mile. And, you know, there's there's just certain guys that are kind of like cushion short track experts out here, but, you know, can't ride. You, it's, 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 fun it's crazy, right? Cal, Cal, got their pockets of dudes that specialize in different shit. Well, growing up, I always thought everyone was good from California on cushion short tracks. And then I went right, to Lodi. Right. I'm like, this isn't a Christian short track. Yeah, like I feel like that generation of kids got to grow up on like, you know, we had like Chow Chilla under the barn was really going and, you know, Mikey Martin was going and they had Clements. There's a lot of like cushion short tracks going on like at that generation. And then we've gone through times where we have no local cushions for our youth and, you know, all of our kids are just learning how to go fast at Lodi. So it kind of, at that time, though, yeah, there was a lot of – I think kids were able to learn different stuff because there was more racing. And I, I hope we can – I'd like to promote a race or two someday. I wouldn't be opposed to it, so. Nice. I'm liking it, man. I'm liking it. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Well, let's talk about that in the future, man. Hit me up, man. I wouldn't mind helping you out I mean, on that, so hit me up. Yeah. I've thought, of, I've yeah, thought about you know, a California I, event. You know, and I, I really – yeah, I look forward to uh, – I look forward to staying involved with, with – you know, American flat track and dirt track as much as I can. Um, I just got to kind of look out for my own ass too. And, and, you know, I've still got a life to live, but um, I still want to be involved with racing. I still love it more than anything. Uh, I've been working with a few youth riders uh, like Jet Katarzy and a few others uh, over the winter and uh, some, some local, some local kids, Travis Horn as well. I know you work with Travis, which is a phenomenal kid. Love working with him and his family. Great people. Um, I really like working with, with the youth, and I'm, I'm lucky to have a pretty cool short track at the house that me and my brother have, uh, and he does a killer job at taking care of it now that I'm, I guess I'm off tracker duty, so he's on prepping duty now too, so his, his load's gotten a bit bigger, but we got a killer spot, and I really like working with, working with the young ones, so I'm, I'm kind of working on hopefully trying to get a little training camp deal or kind of like, you know, James Monaco or Monaco brothers experience, you know, kind of out at the ranch for, for some of the youth. So I'm working on, working on things kind of in my mind, different things I can get going and training camps and stuff and make it a fun deal collab, you know, all of us. That's awesome, man. Keep us posted on uh, what you got going on. We'll check in and definitely send us some cool photos. Uh, want to see that bike that you first rode. Definitely <laughs> want to post that up and, 
and just any cool photo that you have growing up, dude, send us our way and we'll, we'll get them up on the uh, social media channels. But once again, bro, just mad love. Thanks for coming on the show and good to hear you're doing well. And uh, yeah, keep in touch for sure. I want to see pictures of that FTR, man. That's too funny. I was cracking up. I didn't know that was your first ride. No, yeah, that was and I'm freaking. I still have it. I have photos of it still, so I can send you. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> stuck a valve on it trying to get ready for Daytona one winter, and you know how that goes when you race and screw everything else, and they get shoved in the corner. And now I've got nothing but time, so my dad's like, "You can start fixing some of these projects that you tore up over the years." So. Uh, <laughs> No, I just got to say, um, I'm really thankful for, for everybody. Um, everybody that donated when I got hurt, class of 79. Um, I appreciate you guys big time. Uh, I just, you know, all the fans, everybody that, you know, showed support over the years, buying t-shirts, buying me a tank of gas, letting me sleep on your couch. Thank you so much. Uh, it's not forgotten. I'm, I'm pretty good at staying in touch with, with everybody. And I, uh, I look forward to, to making it to some events and some races and and uh, still being a part of everything and finding my way, uh, if you will. So, no, I'm I'm, I'm just thankful and, and thankful for, like I said, good friends. And, and uh, you know, my brother mainly, uh, he's, you know, he's been taking on a whole new responsibility at, you know, having to, hey, man, could you, could you grab me this or help me with that or just a little stuff. And um, I'm, I'm thankful for him for sure without him uh, – shit i don't know what i'd be doing so well hey james you know we, we want to you know take a second to thank you for taking the time to come on on the show and talk to us a little bit about you know what you got going on um you know i know i speak for myself Corey, and and the entire flat track family you, you got nothing but love from us we're all proud of of everything you're doing and uh we're really excited to see the direction you're heading and uh you know, can't wait to 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 kind of, you know, be on this journey with you and follow it through social media. So we wish you the best and and thanks for uh, taking time to come on the show. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys having me tonight, and uh, I love listening to you guys. And uh, keep it up. I look forward to uh, to talking to you guys soon, and hopefully have a quick winter so I can see you guys at some dang races soon. I mean, I'm not going to make Daytona unfortunately, but hopefully see you boys soon. Hell yeah, man. Let's get it. Thanks, James. We'll chat you soon, dude. Hey, right on, you guys. Later. All right, see you, man. Later. Jimmy Monaco. Hell yeah. Man, yeah. that's good. That's awesome, dude. That, that big guy's... news, man. Big news. Yeah, big Esterson. news. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty awesome, dude. That's Tim's a hell of a guy, man. I mean, that the stuff he does for the sport, um, you know, that 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 we see and things that we don't often see. Um you know, guys like Tim, guys like Jerry Stinchfield, guys uh, like Rod Lake. I mean, guys that just chip in just because they want to chip in. They, you know, it's they're not making money from no. from doing these things. You know, it's not it's not for them. It's for the people that uh, you know, and for the sport necessarily. So it's guys like that, like individuals keep our sport going more so than even companies. I mean, it's it's individuals that um, you know you see names on these bikes. You just it's there it's it, you see more names on people's bike in flat track than you do companies, and I think that says a lot about our sport. Um, a lot of heart, man. It's all heart. Yeah, and it's love. a lot of heart. A lot yep. of heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was awesome, dude. Uh, I guess we could chat about Daytona this coming weekend. Daytona short track. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I. You know what? I don't know what to expect. Really, I'm kind of like. 
it's either going to be really shitty in one way or really shitty in another way. I'm like, it's either going to be like a super narrow notch groove and it's going to be like, look super lame and boring, or it's going to be just super rough and rutted up. What do you think, Corey? I mean, everyone talks about it being possibly rutted up, but I think we've raced there. I want to say 2011 was the first year. I think maybe it was 2010. I think it was 2010 was the first year actually. And, um, and we raced there quite a bit. I think we raced there for seven years, mostly, mostly double headers. And really the track never got super rough. Um, it had a couple hole. It wasn't like, um, the track sized one, it, that track got rough, but the new short track outside NASCAR turn one, it never got super rough. Usually it was, hard pool table and slick i think one year sammy halbert won i think it was 2015 or 16 it got a little rough the one day but man i don't know what to expect either i'm i i've asked you know a couple people that live in the area i have a lot of friends in that area i'm like hey go look at the track see see what it looks like let me know what i got to do to my setup (laughs) and uh they're like it looks like daytona man what do you want so (laughs) You know, it, it, it's it'll be interesting. I, I'm actually excited for it, to be honest. You know, we've ridden a lot of clay half miles and just riding a twin on something different. Just it, it's more of an equalizer. And I think it'll be a rider's track. And I, I like that. You know, I, I, it's sometimes you, you question whether or not you're getting beat by other bikes or things like that. But Daytona tracks like that, it's more so a rider's track. And I like that aspect of it going into the season finale. Well, it's going to be a kind of a, a pretty intense race. It's uh, a championship is on the line. I think there's like nine points between Breyer and Jared. So, I mean, Jared has to win one and Breyer has to beat Jared and uh, finish on the box. So it's going to be a dogfight and a brawl between those two guys. And the thing being a short track, I mean, you could have like a total upset guy get in the mix and possibly pull off a win. I don't know. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting. I mean, it makes it tougher now with the Super Twins class. There's only 18 guys. It's not like 100 guys on 450s where you know guys that get good starts or they're just good short trackers can squeak in. I really, realistically, I mean, um, there's still only a handful of guys really that I think could could possibly grab a win in that class. But no, I mean. Briar's a hell of a short tracker. I if I if I'm going into it, I'm 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 not mad about where where he, like if I'm Briar, I'm not mad about where we're going. Um, going to a short track. Briar's won Vegas. He's won Daytona. He's, you know, he's he's the best short tracker I've ever seen. And with that being said, Daytona, you know, short tracks in general they're they're unpredictable. I mean, you you never, you know, all the years I've raced indoors and you know I. You never get excited until the fucking checkered flag is out. So, um, you know, Breyer's got a really good teammate, Bronson, who's a, a a good short tracker and a bruiser. I mean, Bronson is bam bam. He bam, is, dude. man. Yeah, yeah, no doubt he's, about that. He's bam bam. So Jared could be, uh, you know, Jared's aggressive, man, and, and that short track could favor some uh, uh, aggressive riding. You know, so it's it's gonna be well. It's, it's not. Yeah, I mean, he's super aggressive, but so are, so is Briar and so is Bronson. You know, those guys are too. And it's not like Jared's racing for a championship against somebody that's not aggressive. I mean, Briar's aggressive as hell. Um, so they're, it's going to be interesting. It'll be fun to watch. And um, may the best man win. It's uh, 
you know, I've seen somewhere on Facebook, they're, oh, I'm bummed it's ending on a short track. Well, it, you know, it, it, it's it's ending on a short track, but, you know, the whole season still counts. I mean, I, I don't know. That perspective kind of never makes sense to me, but one of the things. Not a lot makes sense to me on Facebook anymore, Sammy, so I don't know. <laughs> Well, luckily, I've been so busy with these with this schedule. I've barely had time to be on Facebook or anything, so it might be a good thing. I've been missing out. There's some good stuff this week, dude. Jared Vanderkoy was getting hammered for uh, calling his crew his dudes. He, uh, something stupid. He said, yeah, I want to thank my dudes for supporting me. And Bill Warner got on and was say, oh, you know, back in my day, Springer and Parker didn't call us his dudes you know he called us by names it's like shut up dude it's a casual social media post then he's giving out personality uh, advice it's like bro who bill warner's up. giving out personality yeah, advice yeah, that's mr what I personality said. himself that's what i said man so then it, 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 it it's off the rails it's it's still going strong man robbie bobby chimed in and just like Everybody you want in a Facebook argument showed up to the table, baby. Oh, now I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to be on Facebook. Oh, it's a wormhole. I think there's 200-some comments. And Jared Jared Vanderkoe, I mean, he's just like an innocent. He was just saying, like, this is a casual. He's not on the podium. He's not on NBC Sports. It was just a casual thing. And just people just, oh, man, they just look for shit to bitch about. It's like. Go to bed, dude. Go to bed. Delete your Facebook. I'm going to be busy tonight. Yeah, there's some reading material for you. Um, yeah, bedtime stories. Yeah, well, hey, guys, you'll have a lot to chat about this offseason because who knows what the schedule is going to look like for next year. So that'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about that in future episodes. But a lot of unknowns after this weekend. I mean, I'm focused on this weekend, but after this weekend, I'm not looking forward to silly season at all. I was just thinking that recently. I mean, I feel like we just we just stopped silly season. I just, you know, just just ended and now it's, you know, it's going to happen up. again. Yeah, back up. So. Yeah. Well, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that after Daytona, but I guess my pick, man, on Daytona, uh, I'm going for a repeat with Briar, man. I want to I want to see him do it. I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously a little biased. That's my dude. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for Jared, and I, I guess I'd consider him a friend. I mean, he pisses me off a lot, but uh, uh, <laughs> but Pryor's my guy. So, uh, like I said, best man win, and, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. So looking forward to that. I um, want to thank our sponsors again that make this show happen, Bell, Bell Power Sports. Check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. Jerry Stinchfield at Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercialroofsystems.net. Check out his website and what he has to offer. Nearly 40 years of experience in the commercial and industrial roofing business. Dunlop Tire. Visit DunlopMotorcycleTires.com to find your nearest dealer. And also, Moto America Series. They had uh, Indianapolis over the weekend. I want to give a shout-out to former guest on our show and former flat tracker Bobby Fong pulled off two superbike wins at Indianapolis. So, Big shout out to Bobby. That you know that was that was really awesome to see. Um, yeah, Moto America series. Make sure you check them out. MotoAmerica.com. Grab that Moto America Live Plus package. Laguna Seca, October 23rd to 25th. Last thing, I guess we'll kind of maybe just slightly slightly sneak peek a little bit. We got a bicycle trip we're working on again. Sammy Carter. Um, Ooh. Yeah, a little back to the a, keys or what? No, nah, I don't you know. That's kind of. <laughs> key line all roads lead south baby um yeah we're working on it so we're putting the putting the bicycle trip together again we want to try and raise some money and we're not all the details aren't laid out but 
we got a, a little bit different crowd this year coming down with us. We have nah, maybe a pro motocrosser and pro a couple pro road racers. So I'm excited to kind of – Carter's going to make a little hype video in the upcoming weeks, and we're going to kind of drop some information on that because uh, I'm definitely excited to, to do that a, a, again. So kind of we're t- group group chatting that a little bit today. So not something else we're working on. That group chat got pretty interesting too today. <laughs> it always does and you have, Ooh, have those guys in a chat so um yeah we're excited man sammy it'll be cool you should come bro oh man uh yeah you might be able to you know figure something out man i might be able to drive a chase vehicle <laughs> you're a little guy we can sneak in dude sneak yeah in. yeah i can i, I can get I, I wouldn't mind heading south for the winter you know i do better <laughs> in warmer weather <laughs> Yeah. Uh, last thing, I guess I'll I'll plug plug also shameless plug, but Winter Throwdown. I've been planning that. Make sure you guys check that out. Social media, Facebook, Instagram. We have a lot of cool stuff planned for that race. January 9th, two thousand twenty-one, Callahan, Florida. It seems like a long way, long ways away, but we're only a couple months away from that. So plan your uh, Winter Throwdown plans right now. Uh, we have a Friday night practice, Saturday night race. A lot of good sponsors. Um, Roof Systems already committed $2,000 for our Dash for Cash. Boswell's Harley-Davidson threw up the first $500 for the Hooligan Purse. Uh, Kicker Audio, Bell Helmets is doing a helmet. I, just a lot of things going on. So um, follow the event page on Facebook. It's Winter Throwdown Volume 3. And we post a lot of up- almost daily updates of uh, stuff we have going on for that event. So make sure you check that out. That's cool. Also, uh I guess since you're kind of talking about race calendar, I want to talk about Western Ohio Motorsports uh, in Greenville, Ohio. They have a brand new quarter mile track and they're going to have a practice day on Sunday, October 18th from uh, 11 to 4 uh, p.m. It's 25 bucks per rider. A lot more information on Facebook at Western Ohio Motorsports. Right on. Great show, boys. It's all I got this week. Hit us up on uh, social media. I have, actually, sitting here right next to me, I have a large Bell Helmets long sleeve shirt, and I have a really cool zip-up Bell Helmets X, extra, extra large hoodie. So 2XL hoodie. We want to give those out, so leave us a review on iTunes. Send me the screenshot if your those sizes fit your bill. And we'll uh, we'll send them out to you. The last two ones we have from Bell Helmets. So leave us a review. That's all we got. See you guys in Daytona. Peace. See ya.